Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program on this Mother's Day evening. We are here with our host, Pastor Matthew Recker, and tonight we'll be taking a break from our series on the Book of Romans and focus on the importance of godly motherhood. My name is Micah, and we have a full program on on deck tonight. As always, our phone lines are open for the hour, so give us a call for prayer or to join the conversation, or if you have any questions about our topic tonight, our studio phone number is... 929-333-3739. 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, you mentioned Susanna Wesley in today's sermon, the mother of 19 children who had 16 rules for her household. I was wondering, uh, which of those rules was your favorite? Well, those rules were really packed with wisdom. Yeah. But I think my favorite, although many, all of them were good, and we encourage if our listeners just Google Susanna Wesley's rules, for raising children. I'm sure they could find all 16 of them. But my favorite one was any attempt to please, even if poorly performed, should be commended. Yeah. I like that one. Because <laughs> Because sometimes as a parent, you have an expectation yeah. of what your children should do uh-huh. if you ask them to do a task, task to please you. Yeah. And, and, and even if they don't do their best, but or maybe they did their best, but it wasn't the way you would have done it, to yeah. still encourage them. Yeah. And, and it's, I think it's important for parents to find those opportunities, not just to criticize their children and not just to find out where they were wrong, mm-hmm. but to encourage them and commend them for where they do their best. Yeah, I think, you know, just being around little kids, encouragement is so important, you know, and, yeah. and they could do the smallest thing. Um, But just to encourage them, you see their eyes light up, and it's so important to them. And I I read somewhere, and I think it's true, for every... For every one time you correct your child, they need, you know, 10 encouragements. Mm. They need 10 hugs. Children are naturally insecure, and so they Mm. need to really be built up and encouraged in that way. So I like that one myself. You want to know which rule I like, Pastor? Which one did you like? (laughs) Because we were reading down the list uh, before the radio program. I laughed out loud when I heard, preserve property rights, even in the smallest of matters. And I just, you know, it's a funny way of saying, you know, kids fight over their toys constantly. So you have four kids in the family, you have 19 kids in the family, they're going to fight over their stuff. So I like how do you figure out whose properties is properties is who, you know, (laughs) I guess you have to put their names on everything. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we have a great mother with us this evening, Sister Annika Lombardi, not, if you will, a traditional mother, but one who has stepped up and stepped into a, a very important role in our society, and that's being a foster mom and helping uh, young people who are going through different situations. So, Annika, we're so happy to have you with us Thanks tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and may God bless you. We were talking earlier about the different rules th- that of Susanna Wesley. Did you want to share what your f- what favorite one? Do you still? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I also I liked one that had to do with positive reinforcement. I don't remember the exact wording, but I think it was if a child comes and confesses. Yeah. something bad they did to you, mm-hmm. you know, 
don't punish, don't yeah. punish them, yeah. um, which I really liked because you yeah. want to kind of reinforce that positive mm. ad or behavior mm-hmm. of, you know, confessing your sins. That That is so wise, though, what was, what Susanna said. I, I have it written down here. I could <laughs> not have quoted either. You did really well just to remember it. But it's to prevent lying, too. Punish no fault, which is first confessed and repented of. So that will actually encourage them mm. to come and be honest and, yeah. and be honest and to mm-hmm. prevent lying that's what that's what she said so yeah thank you that's really great well this evening we're going to look into genesis chapter 21 dear friends and we're going to talk about abraham and sarah and sarah as a mother who embraced the gift of motherhood and our phone lines are open if there are any mothers who would like to add to our conversation we're going to have some of our own mothers mm-hmm. call in micah we're going to have a very special mother call we in are. tonight your mom <laughs> Okay. Very special to me. All the yeah. way from Colorado, yeah. as well as an, a few other sisters from our church. We're really looking forward to them calling in. But our phone line is open for you as well, dear mom, at 929-333-3739. Maybe you're going through some stressed out difficulties and you want prayer. My wife is here to pray with you, as well as Sister Esther Hahn who is always with us. So we're so thankful for our call screeners. You can call us if you need prayer or if you just want to get some biblical counsel, please feel free to call us this evening at 929-333-3739. And so we're going to look in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 13. We're calling it Embracing the Gift of Motherhood tonight. And as we begin, I'll start us off in Genesis chapter 21 and verse number 1. And God's Word says, And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all will, all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of the bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. Amen. Let's pray together as we begin our program tonight. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your plan of ordaining families, of men and women coming together in one flesh, conceiving, bringing forth children. And Lord, thank you that you visit homes today just as you visited Sarah and Abraham's home. And we pray, Lord, for the mothers under the sound of my voice, that you would give them a sensitive spirit as Sarah had to to understand the threats that are in our society 
that endanger their children and give them wisdom to overcome them, Lord. Give, give uh, the mothers as well as the fathers power and prayer to overcome and to see their children follow you, Lord God. And we pray that you would just bless this program now this evening as we talk about the great uh, parents of Sarah and Abraham, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So parenting can seem downright scary mm. as a proposition. But as a Christian, we can see it as an adventure in faith. Now, parenting is not a nightmare. Parenting is a gift mm. from God. And here we see how the Lord visited Sarah. I really like that. Yeah. As he said, like three times, as he had spoken. And then again in verse 2, as God had spoken. So God spoke and his word came to be, and Isaac was born, a child whose name means laughter. So this evening we're going to talk about embracing the gift of motherhood demonstrated by Sarah. And we're so happy, as we mentioned, we're to have Sister Annika in the studio with us. And we honor our mothers today. As, but there are also stepmoms, and there are foster moms, and we honor them as well. And tonight, we have a great mom in our church who is a foster mom. And she's also kind of a mom to her siblings because she's the oldest of nine children. And so she's been like a mom as well in her own family. So, Annika, thanks again for being here uh, tonight. And why don't you just share with us as we begin some of the blessings that you've experienced in being a foster mom. Yeah, sure. Um, so in the past year, my husband and I have had four uh, foster kids stay with us, you know, all for different time frames, a few days to up, up to six months. Mm. Um, and while none of, this, none of those children are, are with us now, you know, it's, I feel very um, blessed. I still feel like they're part of our family, yeah. two of them, you know, that are old enough to have phones. I still talk to, you know, usually once a week. So I've been able to kind of maintain connections with them. Mm. And, you know, I think one of the great things I'm learning about being a foster parent is, you know, even if kids come and go, you, you have this ever-expanding family of children that have come through your life. Yeah, and that's right. you can stay connected with them if if, if they want to. Um, you can pray for them. So it's, it's like your family's always growing, which is which I love. That is neat. My son be, has be, been a foster parent um, as well as a biological parent, but he had some foster children, and one of those boys that he became a foster parent to basically lived back with him even mm -hmm. after he graduated from high yeah. school, mm -hmm. and then they helped him get into the military, and, mm -hmm. and he's still very much a part of their life, even though he's not by. Uh, not legally a son, but yeah. he's he's like living still yeah. with them, you know. Mm. So it's true; those relationships they can carry on and and for for quite a while. So what are what are some of the challenges you would say that you've experienced as a foster mom, and and how has it brought about change in your own life? Yes, I think you know my husband and I laugh about this a lot. It's kind of as you get older, you become more and more resistant to change. I think yeah. and new mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, and being a foster parent definitely doesn't allow you to go down that route because yeah. you get a call at 3 a.m. that you need to mm, take this child. So, you know, we always joke that we're, you know, doing it partially to make sure we don't get, you know, rigid and stuck in our oh, ways. But it's still a hard thing um, because you have to yeah. you, you never know what like What's... who's going to arrive at your home. You never know the situation. You never know what time. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, they say, oh, we're going to drop the baby off tonight. And then that 
they never come. And so mm, there's just I a see. lot of volatility. I think that's the hardest wow. thing because yeah. you can't plan, and I'm a planner for sure. So right, right. it's made. I think it's made me better in the sense I'm much more flexible. You know, I just trust God that whatever happens happens, yeah. and you yeah. know. To deal with life's interruptions yeah. at any moment, as well as change of plans, you never mm-hmm. really know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. I guess you just have to be available. Um, and so we're talking as well about being a biological mom, and you were one of nine children in mm-hmm. your family, the oldest one. So how was this a, a trial, or at times difficult for your mom or your dad? And how did you meet the challenges of of being like a parent at times to your younger siblings? Yeah, I think, you know, when you grow up, you never truly appreciate how much work your parents put into it. But, (laughs) you know, we talk about Susanna Wesley having 19 children, which (laughs) is crazy. It just sounds fun. Um, But nine is nine is still a lot. And, you know, my mom homeschooled all of us. So that was, you know, an extra layer of work. Um, So I don't really know how she did it. Um, You know, a lot of people just like look at you guys like, wow, look at all those kids. Yeah, we had a 15 seater red van and, you know, people, of course, made fun of that. So, But it was it was fun. And I think, you know, you definitely you know, one of the the good things in retrospect is everyone had to pitch in. There was no such thing as, you Mm -hmm. know, not doing chores or Mm -hmm. not knowing how to make dinner for the family. So. It prepared um, all of us for with pretty good life skills like cooking and cleaning, taking care of kids. So, so that you was great. You learned to do that as a young girl. You know, yeah, you have. Know. That's the only way you can really manage that many kids. <laughs> the mom can't do everything. Right, right. You, to, you wanted to eat too. You wanted to survive, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, my dad. You know, there's never enough money when there's <laughs> kids. Yeah. Never enough food. Never enough imagine. clothes. So he had to work very hard too. But um, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's you know, especially now that we're adults, it's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a mother, no doubt, changes us, uh, or and being a parent changes us in, in profound ways. And so here we see how Abraham and Sarah waited for mm-hmm. a very long time yeah. for their son, Isaac, to be born. And so we see as Sarah embraces the gift of motherhood, and the first thing a parent really has to embrace is patience, mm-hmm. is that Sarah had to embrace patience, and that was not always easy for her, was it? Mm. So what does verse 1 tell us, uh, Annika, especially about God regarding Sarah, and how does this show us how God blessed her faith, God blessed her dedication to wait on the Lord? So this passage tells us about the long-awaited miraculous visit of God to the 90-year-old Sarah in order to give her strength to conceive life in the womb. Mm-hmm. The Lord visited Sarah, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. God is a great visitor, or the great visitor in our mm-hmm. homes, who yeah, intervenes yeah. in love and transforms our destiny, even when it seems impossible. This is the fulfillment of God's promise he had made 25 years earlier. God comes in his perfect timing. He visits us to show his grace and power to deliver and lovingly fulfill his promises. Hmm. You know, God put the the redemption of humanity upon a 100-year-old man mm-hmm. and a 90-year-old womb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it says in Romans, actually right where we are in Romans, we could have done Romans 4 almost, oh, really? where it talks about the deadness <laughs> oh, of, of Sarah's, Sarah's womb. womb. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, and God put the whole redemption of the world upon the one who would be born through them. It's so, it's so yeah. incredible. But, you know, as, as this passage does say that the Lord visited Sarah, 
And in a sense, every time a mom conceives or every time, you know, Annika, that phone rings and they're asking if you could take a foster child, see that as God visiting. Mm. God is visiting your mm. family, you know, to give you that opportunity to, to be a blessing to mm. a child. Yeah. Micah? Well, you know, Pastor, for me, it was interesting to think that God had made this promise to Abraham and Sarah 25 years earlier. So when you get to verse 1, I'll just read that verse 1 again. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. You know, can you imagine the waiting, the the nervousness, the anxiety that went into it? And so when this moment finally arrives and the fulfillment of that promise finally arrives... I'm sure Sarah's mind was just flooded with memories because think about all the things that had happened between the time of that promise and until now. So, um, you know, I was thinking back, you know, right after God made this promise to Abraham, there was the famine in Canaan and they went down to Egypt and all of a sudden Sarah found herself living in Pharaoh's household. Um, you know, at, at a certain time, Abraham left the house. He was on a dangerous rescue mission to save the nephew Lot. Uh, there was the complicated situation with Hagar and Ishmael, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Sarah's name was changed. You know, God visited them physically with two angels appearing to them. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. And once again, Sarah found herself a second time as part of a harem. And yet throughout all of this, we learn in the book of Hebrews that Sarah had great faith. So I want to read Hebrews 11:11, which yeah. says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Micah, that was a great summary of many chapters and many years in their <laughs> life. That was really good. And, you know, I thought of how sometimes they didn't show faith, yeah. but yet God said they had faith. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like that, that man, the, the father who cried, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. And sometimes our faith yeah. is like that. But, I love that statement. Yeah, but praise God for faith. And, and Annika, sometimes I'm sure it's difficult being a foster parent. And yet, do you feel that God has visited you in a special way in being a foster parent or even in your home growing up as the oldest child of, of nine siblings? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most eye-opening things for me is, you know, when you have this child, maybe if I take a step back, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I don't know if I have another, enough love to have another child or, Mm. you know, they're they're worried about bringing another child into their life because they're not sure they'll have enough love for it. Mm, I think what you realize is that's not a problem. (laughs) God gives you that love for children, even if they're not your own, even if they, you know, have bad behavior, like every single child that's come through Mm. my house, like I genuinely love them. And it's only because of God, you know, I, it it makes me realize how deep God's love for us is, you know, Mm -hmm. we sin and, you know, backslide all the time and he still loves us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that has been really great is it makes me realize what a good husband I have and how mm. thankful oh, I am for him because there's yep. not many guys who if I call him say hey you want to take two five-year-olds tonight he'd be like sure <laughs> go for it like <laughs> I trust you so it's made me very thankful for him as well Yeah, that's awesome that he's really willingly working you work together at this and and so God just enlarges your heart mm-hmm. in other words when you get that call and those children come in your heart just enlarges to these kids yeah, and I think, you know, being one of nine, you see that as well. You know, yeah. we, there's so much love yeah. in our family. You know, 
we love being around each other, support each other. So yeah. there's never too many. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that, you know, I had a chance with Annika uh, about a year ago. She was able to bring one of the foster children up to the camp where we were bringing some mm-hmm. of our young people tri-state bible camp and we had a few just really good conversations and you know these kids they do come from a background where it's almost like the behavioral issues are built in Mm -hmm. so it was it was really interesting to me and just you know it showed me part of who annika was to talk through some of those situations where she didn't necessarily know what to do she wasn't prepared as if she had raised this child for years and years but she found a way through god giving her the wisdom as a mother to let's say calm this child down when when he was having these things that you know they were not rational they were not logical behavior stuff and it just gave me a lot of respect for you and rob annika amen our phone number is 929-333-3739 maybe you're having issues with your children Mm. maybe you need wisdom to discern dangers in their lives maybe you're just stressed out in your situation and you want encouragement or prayer give us a call right now at 929-333-3739 and so mike as we look at abraham and sarah it says the lord visited sarah as he had said as we're talking about this but things weren't always perfect they wondered if this moment (laughs) would ever happen didn't they and so how did abraham and sarah show doubt yeah you know we talked about their faith but Mm -hmm. they also showed doubt through their situation and what did they do in their own wisdom trying to like okay god i'm going to help you out here yeah yeah you know pastor you're exactly right abraham and sarah they did show some doubt mixed with their faith along the way and because Mm. of that their household had more than its fair share of family drama you know i I look back to that moment abraham was 85 86 years old and after waiting 10 full years for god to fulfill his promise of giving abraham a seed sarah decided to take matters into her own hands and she convinced abraham to bear a child with her egyptian handmaid hagar so needless to say that decision led to much conflict and pain for all involved and later both abraham and sarah laughed at god's repeated promise of giving them a child so abraham you know he laughed in chapter 17 when god renewed that promise that he had made him and then sarah laughed in chapter 18 when the pre-incarnate christ gave the specific promise that a child would be born in about nine months. No, I didn't. I didn't laugh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he heard her. He heard her. Yeah. But I think the beauty of this, you know, as you as you were saying before, was seeing Abraham and Sarah's very human journey as it's an example for us. You know, we can be encouraged when we make mistakes, when we might have a little bit of doubt mixed with our faith, or even when we do something stupid and try to help God out. So, you know, I want to be clear: the example of doubt isn't something to emulate. But it does show us that even the great patriarchs and matriarchs struggled in their faith, and yet God's promises were still fulfilled. Yeah. You know, and here's another thing. If God could open Sarah's womb, Mm -hmm. God can open women's wombs today. And I have prayed for mothers Uh who ask special prayer uh, to to bear a child. Yeah. And, you know, I prayed for mothers like that. So if there are... If there are maybe newly married couples out there and you're you're praying to have children and you've not been able to conceive, why don't you give us a call tonight? And maybe I'll even do one prayer if we mm-hmm. have a moment. Give us a call at 
929-333-3739. We'd like to pray for you, Mom, that God would open up your womb. Or my wife is here, Esther is here. We would love to be able to pray for a, a mother as God is working in your heart to have children, we know he can answer that prayer. Mm. And now we have one of our great mothers on the line with us, and we want to say happy Mother's Day to you, Wanda. Thank you. Okay, and could you turn your radio down as well, please? Yeah, because I don't like to hear my voice. I do not like to hear my voice. Okay, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Wanda, loud and clear. Nice to have you with us, and God bless you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much, and God bless you and everyone. Yeah, and and now we know that, and you were recently on our program, right in the studio yes. with us, Wanda, and, and you shared how you grew up you grew up in the Roman Catholic Church and, and how God saved you at Heritage just about three years ago. So you're, you've been a mother for a long time, but you've not been a Christian for a long time, so... Our real question that we just want to ask you as you embrace being a mother in your life is, is how has your salvation changed your view of your role as a mother? Okay, yes. Um, well, before I was saved, I knew that I was my daughter's first role model in life. Hmm. Um, but since becoming saved, I understand that that includes um, her spiritual role model, including uh, teaching her biblical truth and uh, directing all attention, honor, and glory to Christ, who is our Savior. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a, that's um, a beautiful. Yeah, uh, before I was saved, obviously, you know, you have to take care of their physical well-being and their emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. But the spiritual part, I wasn't able to bring to my daughter because I didn't uh, really have it myself, obviously. Mm. And now after salvation, I just want to uh, help her embrace the truth that we are all sinners Mm -hmm. and that we all need Christ for salvation and how we have to live a life of service and uh, um, just uh, our values and qualities and behaviors to reflect Christ. That's beautiful, Wanda. Thank you for sharing that. And it's true that being a Christian does change our outlook, it changes our worldview mm-hmm. and really how we see everything. And that includes being a wife in your situation or if a man is a, mm-hmm. married as a husband, it changes their outlook. It changes their sense of, wow, what am I supposed to do here, you know? And as well as being a parent, it does. It changes your whole perspective. And, and that's so beautiful, as you shared, that now you want to share biblical truth and now you're concerned as well about your own child salvation. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Wanda. Did you want to uh, thank you. follow up anything, Micah? Did oh, I just wanted to say, Wanda, we'll definitely keep you in our prayers, um, you <laughs> know, with your daughter. Because, yeah. you know, I, I love even just the fact that, you know, on this program tonight, we're talking to mothers in all different types of situations. You know, we're going to talk to somebody later who has young children, and we're going to talk to my mom who has an adult child, <laughs> um, you know, foster mom. So each mom is in such a different place in their motherhood and so we just want to make sure that we're keeping you wanda in our prayers and we will thank you so much amen thank you wanda good night and say hello to raul for us so we're looking this evening at genesis chapter 21 and we had two awesome testimonies from mothers in our church uh lentia and joy thank you so much for sharing and we thank god for them and their beautiful families their Mm -hmm. great husbands and, and what a blessing that was. But Lentia shared a verse 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, mm. to trust in the Lord. And that's really what Abraham and Sarah have had to do. They have yeah. to trust in the Lord. And so we want to go to a song right now about trusting in God, dear friend. And we know that God will give you grace to trust Him. And as well, our phone lines are open. If we could help you anyway, encourage you, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord, dear friends. God will visit you. The Lord visited Sarah as He had said, and He will visit you as well in His time, and God will be right on time, dear friends, as you trust in Him. And so we're 
in Genesis chapter 21 tonight, we're talking about embracing the gift of motherhood. And Sarah had to embrace patience to wait not one year or two years, 25 years for a, a child, for a promised child to be born. And now the son is born. And I want us to see how she now embraces a profound laughter. As you mentioned earlier, Micah, when Abraham heard that he was going to have a son, he laughed. I think he laughed out loud there. (laughs) And God said, okay, now you have to call him his name Isaac, which means laughter, or Mm -hmm. he laughed. And then soon after, Sarah overheard Abraham speaking with the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, Mm. and she laughed within herself. And then when confronted, she's like, I didn't laugh, I didn't laugh, no, that wasn't me. But then when Isaac is born... Sarah says, all that hear will laugh with me. Mm. God hath made me to laugh mm-hmm. so that all that hear will laugh with me. And what I thought about this is that, I mean, Sarah and Abraham went through a really profound trial. Yeah. And there was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Abraham having a child through through Hagar, through his servant, yeah. through a maidservant. Mm-hmm. You know, and that caused a lot of pain for Sarah to yeah. To have her, and it was her idea in the first place, but right. nevertheless, there's all kinds of pain that permeated this story, and there was sadness. But now that it's all over, and she's holding this son in her arms, mm. it's almost like she can look back and say, wow, mm. <laughs> you know, and laugh at some of the situations yeah. that happened uh-huh. and that didn't seem funny at the time. No. And life is like that. When you're going through stuff, like I remember when my first daughter was born, I was so happy. I was walking down the street on Windsor Terrace in Brooklyn in the park, like Park Slowberry, Brooklyn. I was so happy. I was just like on a cloud. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I walked literally right into a telephone pole. Oh. I hit my head <laughs> on the telephone pole. Holding I'm, your daughter? No, 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 no. She was still in the hospital. Oh, okay. I was just so happy. You know, yeah. and I, that did not, I did not laugh when I hit that pole. But now that as I look back, and I could. But, but we laughed, Pastor. Yeah, sorry you, about that. We could, we could laugh. You know, so, but it's not, it's not often easy to laugh when you're in the middle of a trial, is it? Uh, and, and, and it seems like maybe there's no end to this situation. But when things work, look, work out and you look back, you just have to laugh sometimes. Mm. So, Annika, have you ever had a situation like that? as a foster parent or maybe as a the oldest sibling as we've been talking about that was kind of stressful a little bit but you look back and you're able to laugh at a situation <laughs> yeah i was actually talking about this a little bit before the show and i can't say this was a, a huge trial but yeah. um a couple of weeks ago we got a call to take two five-year-olds twins mm-hmm. and they were dropped off at 9 p.m you know very late no car seats no clothes no toothbrushes oh, wow. <laughs> um and oh, so wow. of course like Again, I'm a planner. I like to be prepared. I was very stressed because my husband had to go to work the next day, Mm -hmm. and I don't have car seats. How can I take them to get car seats? So I was, you know, I just had nothing. So I was, you know, kind of very nervous. You were looking at a night of not very much sleep. It sounds yeah. And the next day, you know, (laughs) I was like, I don't have, I don't have no five year old clothes. So, but anyway, you know. So we ended up just staying home the whole day. I put them in some ten, size 10 clothes that I had from somewhere wow. else. Oh, yeah. We went wow. to the park, you know, like we made it work. People probably thought we all looked crazy, you know. Yeah, that is <laughs> But, funny. you that know, now looking back, I'm looking at the pictures. We had a great day, even though you oh, know, we had none yeah. of the 
things you think you need for kids, mm-hmm. like, you know, proper clothing, toys, like car seats. Like we had none of that. And, you know, yeah. it worked out just fine. So that was a that was a good lesson. Yeah. You know, that's the way life sometimes is. You know, you, you go through something and you're like, really, I, one time we Debbie and I and our kids were small. We were going to a, a, a family reunion upstate mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. And my, my parents were there. And, you know, we hadn't seen my parents probably for a little while. And so we drove eight hours. Well, we're almost there. And Brian, who was just a baby, he just vomited all over Debbie, you know. <laughs> and so, so we and we arrived with the with the baloney, you know, all you know on her lap. And then my mother comes to the door, expecting a big, you know, greeting. Hi, mom. And you know, you got the, this baby and the vomit all over, you know. And so there's a lot of stress there. But you look back and say, Did I, don't I tell know. it okay, Deb? I'm, okay. I'm looking okay. at your no. wife through the glass, and she's not laughing no. right now. <laughs> but, she you know, didn't I, enjoy let it. me tell a quick story about, um, you know, when I was 10, my family, we went through a little bit of a stressful time. It's too long to describe right now, but um, we were moving from the city where I had grown up in up until that point to a bigger city, Colorado Springs. And it was Christmas Day, and we were going to look at houses. So for whatever reason, the realtor let us in to go look at this house on Christmas Day. And we looked at the house, and I guess my parents liked it, so they took the house, and then it was time for dinner. And on Christmas Day, there's no restaurants that are open, or there wasn't at that time. Wait, you went looking for houses on Christmas Day? On Christmas Day, yeah. (laughs) So we had driven, you know, a few hours from where we lived, and the only thing that was open was 7-Eleven. So we had our Christmas dinner that year at 7-Eleven. I got got things Like the hot dogs that that go around? Not even, because I think this was pre-all that. This is like 34 years ago. I got beef jerky, and I got (laughs) maybe some chips or something but it was like things that i wasn't normally allowed to get like a slurpee and beef jerky or something like that but you know what to this day we definitely look back at that and laugh and you know it's the most memorable christmas dinner we ever had yeah exactly me and my siblings always laugh about that yeah there you go beef jerky with a a supersized (laughs) slurpee (laughs) okay well laugh with me you know somebody has well said laughter makes us bulletproof to adversity and is the cheapest form of medicine. It costs nothing. Mm. And that's a great statement. This is, a, this is in the Bible. I just think this is such a great statement. Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. Mm. Laugh with me. Mm. Sarah's able to laugh at herself. Mm-hmm. When you could laugh at yourself, yeah. then others will laugh with you. Yeah. We have one of our great moms on the phone with us, and I'm sure there's some laughter in their home in the midst of raising two small children. But Kristen Stalkup, Kristen, thanks for joining us on the phone tonight. And you're always filled with joy. And so good evening to you. How are you doing? And happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much. I'm doing well. Yes, thank you. Good. Are you having a good day? I am. I really am. It was nice to be here in the city, not traveling with my church family and my family here at the house. So it's been a very, very good day. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you for singing this morning. You and your husband and your two amazing children all sang a song this morning, Footprints of Jesus. That was beautiful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Did Timmy uh, lead you in that song today? (laughs) He does pretty well up there. He does. He does. We saw a couple of pictures. He looks very professional. (laughs) Well, you say hello to everybody for me. So, you know, we're talking about Sarah saying laugh with me. So when do you find time to laugh as a mother or experience that deep joy filled praise to God? And, 
And do you find time, I mean, maybe in a situation that's real stressful, you're not laughing, but maybe you laugh afterwards. What, what, what would you say about that tonight? Right. That that question did bring a couple things to mind. Um, just in general, I think children often make us laugh, you know, like the things they mm. say and the stories they tell us just yeah. in they're innocent sometimes when they've done something wrong and, you know, we're, we're correcting them or something. And, and sometimes it's hard to keep in a laugh if they say something funny when we're supposed to be, you know, helping them understand what they've done wrong or something. Um, you know, and sometimes I just sit and really listen to what they're saying. And I mentioned to my husband, Oh, look, honey, they're doing this or they're saying that. And just, really focusing on the joy that they bring, you know, like finding those little Mm. things in the day-to-day stuff. Um, Also just having encouraging godly music on, you know, in the Mm. home and when we're working things like that really just helps kind of have that overall um, atmosphere, an atmosphere of of the Lord's presence. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that really just has helped so much to, to keep that joy too, um, and and just one more thing, the, the verse that came to mind was Philippians four eleven. For I've learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. Um, like Annika mentioned about having flexibility, um, it's definitely easier to laugh and be joyful um, when we focus on the blessings and the joys of the season that the Lord has us in at that time. You know. Amen. You know, children are so. Um their innocence and the stories they tell and in the way that they begin to communicate, it's it really can be so beautiful mm. and so fun, you know, to yes. enjoy enjoy your children. I remember we had these, you know, these little Lego guys, this little, you know, the little Lego fireman. Yeah. Do you ever see him? Mm-hmm. And we were living in Brooklyn at the time, and our daughter, she was just learning how to talk. She could she could just say words. And and there was like a hole in our living room floor somehow. Don't worry about it, but there's a <laughs> hole in the floor. And and the the fireman fell in the hole. And so she came all frantic to me and she and she said, um, Dad, you know, hole, fireman. Mm. I'm like, What are you talking about? And so mm. she went over to the to the little hole and we had to get a lamp and put the light down into the hole mm. to see the fireman and then I was able to reach down and I rescued the yeah. fireman you know <laughs> yes. and she, she was so excited she ran to Debbie and she told the story like this man hole light in just three <laughs> words and I Aww. I still remember that you know so the gospel, and you know what the gospel in three words <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know what I have on my shelf at home I have that little fireman oh wow I I, I saved that fireman because that just reminds me of my beautiful little girl mm. you know when she was yeah. just learning how to talk you know that's so sweet so yeah <laughs> yeah well thank you Chris and thank you for sharing and you're an awesome mother and you have such a beautiful oh. family and we pray for you and Tim and and Anna Faith and Timmy, and may the Lord richly bless you, encourage you, and use you mightily as you serve him here in the city. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, and happy Mother's Day. You know, Micah, it says in Psalm 113 and Annika, verse 9, He maketh the barren woman to keep house mm. and to be a joyful mother of children. Hmm. You know, and 
it, he didn't say how he was going to do that, but he could do it through foster parenting. He could yeah. do, it, do it through step parenting. Mm. So, but he can make the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Didn't mm. you just hear the joy? I hear the joy in, in Kristen. I hear the yeah. joy in your voice as well. Mm-hmm. Annika, as you talk about your experience as a, as a foster parent. Yeah, and Pastor, there are so many women in our church um, who don't even necessarily have kids of their own, yeah. but almost in a way because of that, they're actually able to devote themselves in some way to the children of our church. You know, I think of Sister Hattie, and I think of Hillary and others who, you know, they teach our children and they spend, wow. you know, maybe hours a week getting ready for those lessons and preparing those lessons and playing with those kids. And in a way, you know, because... Um, you know, may, they have their full-time jobs, but they're able to devote that time maybe partially because they don't have children of their own. And so in a way, they are mothering the children yeah, of our church. Absolutely. There's always a child you could show parental love yeah. in that sense, too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sarah embraced the gift of motherhood. She embraced faith to wait on the child that God had for her. She embraced the laughter, a profound joy to rejoice in the son that God gave to her. And now we see that she embraces, when you have a son, you have to embrace discernment to face spiritual dangers. Because here in this passage of scripture, Sarah discerns a potential danger to the greatest treasure in her home. When she sees Ishmael mock Isaac. Now, maybe on the surface... It looked very innocent, but Sarah saw something that was truly dangerous to the future of her son Isaac. And so she alertly tells Abraham how to deal with the situation. That's mm. not the way Abraham would have dealt with it. Right. You know? Mm. Yeah. She says to her husband, cast out the woman Hagar and her son. She wisely forecasts the future that Ishmael would be a potential danger in Isaac's life. And so she says, cast out the bondwoman and her son. That was a very dramatic moment. And it's it's a very, I mean, it's an extreme, this is an extreme decision to make, in Mm -hmm. a sense. Absolutely. Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. But it was a wise decision. And we'll see that God even agrees with Sarah on this. So let's talk for a moment about the dangers that our children face. And Annika, what do you see, you know, even as you're, you're taking in children and sometimes they're five years old, sometimes they're older, sometimes they're maybe even almost teenagers, what do you see as some of the key dangers these children are facing in this day? And, and what counsel could you give to mothers or fathers to maintain a godly, sensitive spirit to the dangers that are present in our culture? Yeah, I mean, I'm by no means the yeah. foremost expert yeah. on this None in my limited are. experience. No, no, you know what? Let me just say, <laughs> not, who is? Yeah. But we all have experiences, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you have a very unique experience, and I, and I know you're very intelligent and godly, so I know you have wisdom. So I think one of the, you know, when when my husband and I grew up, there wasn't internet, mm, you know, if you wanted to play video games, it was like Nintendo yeah. 64, whatever it was. And like, you thought it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, d- d- are, are you feeling old? I mean, <laughs> Very. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think, you know, when we were growing up, once you were at home, you were kind of sheltered from a lot of the things that were going on in the world, the yeah. messages that were out there. So it was much easier as a parent to mm-hmm. kind of uh, protect your children from, from some of those things. 
But what's been really eye-opening, you know, at least bringing in some of these older children who may have phones is just how damaging social media Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and these online games can be. You know, even if you have the parental controls on, there's still a lot of stuff coming through that's, you know, very damaging. Um, You know, it's one example. There's this game called Roblox, which is an online gaming thing where kids can play with each other online. And, you know, the a lot of the game in and of itself is fairly innocent. Uh-huh. You wouldn't think it's, mm-hmm. you know, dangerous, but, you know, you, you start to see that these children are talking to each other, talking to other children who are playing, and you can't really filter any of that. So we would see our 10-year-old foster son, you know, hearing about kids who wanted to commit suicide or just Mm, foul language. And all the while we thought this was like a children's game that should be safe. Mm So, you know, it just made us much more aware that you have to be very vigilant about Mm. everything that's going into their, their minds. Cause they are, they also are very, very impressionable when they're that young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think it may seem like we're harping on the LGBTQ issue sometimes on this show, but you know, I think I believe and you believe pastor that it's, one worldly influence that is just totally destructive to children in a very tangible way. And, you know, children are literally being convinced to go behind their parents' backs to start permanently changing their bodies. And, you know, my cousin Josh and his wife Kelly were in New York City this week because Mm. they were flying overseas from JFK. And I was able to briefly hang out with them and their three young children, 11, 8, and 4. And as we talked, you know, they told me that they almost have no choice but to homeschool their kids because the public school system has gotten so radical in this country. And, you know, they don't live on the East Coast or the West Coast. They live in Kansas City, Missouri. So, um I was a little bit surprised that, you know, even in Kansas City, Missouri, but then no sooner did we have that conversation than I saw a headline that, you know, the mayor and city council of Kansas City voted overwhelmingly to make Kansas City a transgender sanctuary city. So we really need to be praying for godly parents in this country for their discretion and direction and raising up their children. It is a warfare. It is a spiritual battle, and we need to fight the good fight of faith for sure, as our mm-hmm. culture has moved away from biblical foundations and, mm. and new... You, you just can't take away the Bible and then not have other things take its place. Right. So, and there is such a biblical illiteracy mm-hmm. that our culture faces that this is going to increase the problems that parents are going to face and in. in bringing up their children so that whether it's the entertainment industry and you know I saw this week in the news how one of the well-known actresses of of our day Charlize Theron a very popular actress she's calling for normalizing drag queen shows for kids you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. and so she has a lot of influence a lot of people will listen to her more than what the Bible says you know Mm -hmm. because there's such a biblical literacy so whether it's in the entertainment or whether it's in the educational system, whether yeah. it's in the medical system, mm-hmm. there's really zero biblical foundation in our culture. And so parents need to do all we can to establish that foundation. Mm. And I know one parent who has tried to do that, Mike, and that would be your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're so happy to have Sister Mary Johnson. Mary, thank you so much for being willing to call us tonight and, and wait for sure. us as well. How are you doing? And happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. And how's your day going out there in Colorado? Uh, doing well. Got to talk to all of my kids today, so that was good. Okay. And you, if you haven't <laughs> talked to Mikey, you could talk to him now. He's right here. No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we're talking, as, as you've probably been listening a little bit, we're talking about Abraham and Sarah and how Sarah asked Abraham to really take strong action against the danger that Isaac faced where it says that that Ishmael was mocking uh, Isaac. 
And so uh, Sarah tells her, cast out the, uh, Sarah tells Abraham, cast out the bondwoman, mm-hmm. Hagar and her son. Yeah. So is this total separation of Ishmael from their home, do you think it's too drastic a position to take? Or, or what would, how would you kind of uh, evaluate this situation? Well, I grew up on Bible stories, and I love the story of Abraham and Isaac. But I did think for years that Sarah was just jealous. And it was really kind of mean of her to send mm. Hagar out yeah. into the desert. But when I actually read this passage, I see that what she did was part of God's plan. Mm. And Abraham may have felt kind of the way I did, that it was mean, but um, because God had to tell him in verses 12 and 13, In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall mm. thy seed be called. Mm. So God knew that Ishmael would feel that, probably feel that he should be the heir since he was the firstborn. But Isaac was the fulfillment of God's promise made to Abraham, and Ishmael was a threat to that. So what Sarah did was right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, Mom, that's such a great answer. I think it's interesting how, you know, Sarah was wrong in the first place to convince Abraham to have that child with Hagar. Right. And Abraham Mm -hmm. at that point should have corrected her. But in this case, she was absolutely right. And as uh, you said, Mom, um, you know, God had confirmed that with Sarah. And I think, I mean, with Abraham, and I think the one interesting word here is that word mocked. And I was I was really looking into that word in the Hebrew, and it's sort of a vague term. You can use it in a few different ways. The Bible yeah. uses it in a few different ways. Yeah. But I thought one really telling way that it's used is later in Genesis when Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of, you know, physically trying to harm her. She says to Potiphar, the Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came unto me to mock me. So whatever Ishmael was doing, it posed a serious threat to Isaac. And so, mm. as, as my mom said, it, it, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and also Galatians 4.29 quotes this passage. And in the, in the New Testament, it says that Ishmael persecuted mm. Isaac. Mm-hmm. So it was really, mm. it was a very strong word. Strong, yeah. Although the word was, was used sometimes in a mock, just yeah, a joking, just joking type yeah. of a way. But it's also the, the Philistines' treatment of Samson. Mm-hmm. You know, how they were yeah. mocking and making a joke of something that should be taken very seriously, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, as well. So, and, and so, Mary, what principles, as you said, you grew up listening and hearing Bible stories. What principles do you glean from this strong action that Sarah takes then? And even making application to our present-day situation, how, how could you counsel, since you're a woman of such experience and wisdom in the Word, and you've gone through so mm-hmm. many experiences, so how could you counsel younger mothers today to bring up their children for the Lord in the midst of these spiritual dangers that threaten the well-being of our children? Well, I would say we have to really be strong as parents, not just to protect our children from the wicked culture of today, like we've been discussing in this program, but from the dangers of sin. All of us are sinners, even little ones. Anyone who has been around a two-year-old can see that. (laughs) But not me, Mom, right? uh, But not me. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) Abraham's sinful decision brought difficulty and allowing our children <clears throat> excuse me, to follow their sinful nature will bring them sorrow and difficulty. So um, one of the things I would recommend that young mothers and fathers, too, would do is to read the book of Proverbs. There are 31 mm. chapters in that, one for every day of the month, and it's filled with godly direction for parents. 
Proverbs 3.12 says, For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father or mother, the son in whom he delights. The world says, don't discipline your children, and look where that's led. Mm, yeah. So parents need to listen to God and his word, not the world. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Our song is playing. That means we are, we're out of time. Thank you for calling in. Happy Mother's Day, Mary. May God bless you. you. And thank you for your love for Christ and raising up a great son, Micah. You know, <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, we started with one of the rules of, of um, Susanna, Susanna Wesley. Wesley. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the rules that I love is rule number two, teach him to pray as soon as he can speak. Mm, that will help so them to overcome that dangers. That sounds straight out of Proverbs. Annika, <laughs> thank you for being with us tonight. God yeah. bless you. And happy Mother's Day to you. And say hello to Rob for us. Thank Good night, you. Micah. Good night. Good night, Pastor. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another 